Oh, no, it's the other way around. <laughs> exactly. 19 minutes before the hour here on the Drive Large Radio Show. And we're pleased, sadly, for the final time to be in studio with Iva Castillo-Turgeon. She is an immigration advocate here in the Queen City and beyond. She has been for three decades. Oh, my God. She even, she even won the... Daughters of the American Revolution. Isn't that cute? I was talking about that yesterday. I was talking about that yesterday. I remember how emotional you were. I never thought I was going to get anywhere near that. Well, you you and I have uh, not always, uh, I think we agree on outcomes. I just think we disagree on methods. And maybe we don't agree on outcomes. I agree that we disagree, but that's okay. We still get along. But I I, I do agree that you are a a patriot who loves this country. I think you deserved that award from the, uh, from the, Daughters of the American Revolution. And, um, but nonetheless, the conversation. And you know what, Ava, I want to thank you because, to my knowledge, um, and I've looked, uh, ours is the only ongoing weekly discussion adversarial. About, well, sometimes, yeah, but, but it's true. It's, it's not always, but sometimes it is. Usually it is. I'll say that. But, <laughs> but we, regardless of the adversarial, see, I think, I don't think adversarial is bad. No. I think you get to put your point of view out there. I get to put my point of view out there and the audience gets to make up its decision. And right. we've had discussions on topics that nobody else has had. Yeah. We've covered territory that nobody else has covered. We have raised issues that nobody else has raised. And this radio show, thanks to you, has been able to ha- you know have those discussions and let people make up their own minds about what's happening and what should happen. And I think uh, you know that's a-, a great reason why I started this show is to touch the untouchable and speak the unspeakable. Yeah, but you know, and and I I thank you for giving me the chance because I know we did not agree from the get go, and that's okay. And 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 that's what I always try to do. And, and I don't understand people that are hesitant or or do not want to talk to somebody that they know they do not agree with. Mm-hmm. Because how are we gonna you know get, go forward? If we just talk to our own people and people that are just happy to hear the same thing over and over that, you know, that we all agree. That's <laughs> that's what makes, that's what build, building relationships with people that, that differ from you is, I think, is one of the keys to having a better society, mm-hmm. you know, because even if I don't agree with three quarters of what you say, I learn to respect you as a human being. Well, if we uh, we might not agree, but if we at least better understand That's where right. the other one is coming from, yeah. And I think there was a pretty good example of that. I went to the um, the the Y O U, the the candidates forum, yeah, whatever the, uh-huh. the candidates forum. And the, you know, I, I I got there late, as I told them I would, because it uh, the first hour of their of their forum conflicted with my television show. Uh, and the looks on the faces of the school board members and candidates that were there when I walked in, Frank, it was priceless. I wish I had my <laughs> camera out. Um, but I, you know, I, I took a couple um, tough questions from the audience, and frankly, I got a lot of <gasps> and ooh at my answers. But I, I sought out the, still- the questioners afterwards, and including you know, if not especially the kids who I will say really did not want to talk to me. But by the end of the conversation, if you go to my school board page on Facebook, you'll see that we all had a smiling picture together. That's right. Because I get to explain in a little more detail the answers that they did not like 
so that they understood and respected where I was coming from. And then, though, I said, all right, what? And, and we were able to share some ideas, which as a school board member, I will I will help promote if they're interested um, about how students could have a greater voice in the say of what happened at the school board. So, right. uh, you know, somewhere between what they wanted and what I didn't want, I think are answers that um, uh, suit both parties and and address each uh, each person's or each group's concerns. And if we can come out of, you know, what is viewed as the uh, uh, combative dialogue or, right. or disagreement with with things like that, then then I'm happy to do it. That's right. And, and I wish more people in a position of power took that approach instead of just everybody sticking to their own corner. Exactly. So what, uh, what, what final, uh, what final topic or discussion would you like to raise with us here on the draw at large radio show as we, uh, as we go into the, uh, into the archives forever? Well, this last week, uh, the TPS, the temporary protective status of the Nicaraguans was ended. And, now, what is, what and is this I know TPS the, for Nicaraguans? The it's mostly Central Americans uh, that fled violence. At the Nicaraguans was from Hurricane Mitch. So they have been here since 1998, and they gave them till January of ni- ni- uh, 2019 to get out of the country. So this is another tragedy of over. Yes, and I understand there's temporary in the word. But, you know, you're misleading people, allowing them to be here for 20 years. And this is 55,000 people total, mm-hmm. uh, allowing to be in this country for 20 years, settling down, giving them work permits, giving them, you know, just basically every right except voting that people have. And all of a sudden, okay, get out of my country. And with that, along with that, I have numbers here, the the, Haiti, the Haitians, the Salvadorians and uh, Hondurans. The Hondurans they were they renewed their TPS mm-hmm. uh, for six months a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. that's it. So they're probably going to be asked to leave the country too. And El Salva- Salvadorians are bracing for what's coming. So you know it. It is so crazy that that our if you're going to end up kicking people out, why allow give them a false sense of security like we've talked before. You know, it's so inhumane to, if you're going to, like with the Indonesians, if you were going to deny their asylum, just give them, you know, make it happen in a couple of years, and that's it. Not, you know, span there over 20 years, especially these people renewing every two years, they had to go renew their, their, their status, and they would renew it to them. Well, I, I think maybe part of the problem, though, is generally speaking, <clears throat> up until the current administration, you've had administrations, whether it was either Bush presidency, certainly Obama, um, that that frankly weren't ter- or Clinton weren't terribly interested in seeing to it that the immigration laws were enforced. So rather than provoke the ire of their political opponents or their political supporters, they just kept perpetuating a, you know, a, a shaky status quo. And now that you have an administration that is intent on enforcing the law, if I can put it that way, these things are coming to an end. And the, the uproar that everybody hoped to avoid by not taking the corrective action earlier, as you suggest they should have, is what's coming forward. And so the question is, what does this what is the the, the, the fallout from, from this? 
Well, the fallout is we have. First of all, we what have. Is, what is the solution? I'm getting this. What is the solution to all of these people well, the who are here on temporary status? We is should to have make them- just allow them to stay here. They are, they have <laughs> built lives here. Put yourself in their shoes. I Put yourself in the shoes. If you have to move to Canada and spend 20 years raising your life, your family there, settling roots in there, the thing is that no, we're so used to be divisive and everybody's sticking to their own court. Put yourself in their shoes. What would you do if your kids were born in a different country? You, you right. set, but- settled down for 20 years legally in a country and all of a sudden say, oh, sorry. No, I, you know, we don't want you anymore. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. What I, what I don't know is like the Indonesians or these Nicaraguans that you're pointing to is how widespread this sort of string them along um, thing is. I don't know if we're talking about uh, hundreds of thousands. I'm going to tell millions. you, I have the numbers. But, Nick- but, but here, here's my concern. And this is something I genuinely want you to address. Uh-huh. Um, what, I, what I want you to address is this. How does the country prevent people who don't come here legally? from coming here legally in the future if those who are here are ultimately rewarded because, well, they've been here for 10, 20, 30 years, they've built their lives, and now the country wants them to go These home. These people did not fair? come here undocumented. They came here no, no, legally. I, no, I, I, so, I, I get you that. Know, we're talking about apples and oranges here. These people have had legal status, you know, albeit uh, temporary, but they right. have had legal well, so, status. But on on this legal question, I'd, I'd like to know how many numbers we're talking about. But the flip side of it is, and you know that the, this thing isn't viewed in silos. You know that the more mm. people like these Nicaraguans who get uh, permanent status because they've been, you know, productive, helpful, wonderful, tax-paying citizens for 20 years, you know that that argument is going to be transferred to the millions of people who have not been here legally, who did not come with some sort of legal status, and who were not strung along by the government, although you could argue the DACA kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fall into that category. Yeah. So uh, how, do you, how do you separate the, the uh, one from the other when they are constantly conflated, and they are always going to be used as precedent, the... the, the, the the precedent set by how these people here legally are dealt with is going to be the precedent that people try to set uh, or use to say that anyone here illegally but who otherwise followed the rules and built their lives here um, should be allowed to stay. I, that's what I'm trying to get is separation between those two. Because I might be with you, Ava, yeah. on, on people Ooh. like these Nicaraguans mm-hmm. if I know that it's not going to have a carryover that's going to legalize 10 million people who shouldn't be legalized. Well, but they're totally separate. They're totally separate things. I know that. However, I, I don't know you, what the answer you know, is. You, you know as well as I do, though, that take this for what it's worth and as lovingly as I can say it, people like you are going to continue to make the argument that people here well, illegally well, we're going to should, should get the same treatment as these people here who have been strung along however legally they've been. We allowed. are going to continue. Am and, I right about that? You no. Know, you are totally right. We are yes, going right. to continue to advocate for sensible, humane immigration laws that allow respite to people that are here. Yeah. Yes, always. But you know, the purpose of immigration here in the country is not to allow people to, to to have respite. And what do you what do you say to all the people, the millions who came here legally, who followed the process, who paid the price, paid their dues, and everything else? What do you say to people who came here legally through the process? That people who came here illegally through the process, hoping to cheat the system. And that's what they do, right? They're hoping to cheat the system, hoping not to have mm-hmm. to follow the same mm-hmm. rules as everybody else. What do you say to legal immigrants? Well, I was a legal immigrant myself, and I had to go through all the stuff, including getting kicked out of the country. And it doesn't bother me. 
at all, you know. So I, I, I want to make it better so other people uh, do not go through what I had to go through. So I'm not one of those that I suffer yet, ev- mm-hmm. so everybody else has to suffer. Now, I'm getting a question about vetting and whether or not these people are have been vetted. Yes, and they so, have. How? Well, they, they in order to get your, your status, Is you it, have to it, apply. If they're fleeing a place that got destroyed by a hurricane, yeah, how do but we you really flee- verify their identities bef- and who they be- are? Before they give you a work permit and all of that, they, they check your criminal records and they check everything, you know, and, and they've been renewed uh, for every two years, for 20 years. So every time that you apply, you reapply, they check you out again. You know, just like anything else. If you if you have a green card, even if you're a legal permanent resident and you start uh, driving drunk and doing stupid stuff, they revoke your legal permanent residency. Right. Well, we've had the conversation, too, about what, what constitutes, quote unquote, stupid stuff. Where's the cutoff between ICE being notified that someone here is in the country illegally. Um, it's got nothing to do with ICE because those people are under the USCIS. The, uh, all right. So, but these people who are here legally, what? let me put it this way. What crimes can they commit before they get sent packing? Do you know the answer to they that? They cannot commit crimes because they're going to be sent packing. That's the thing. You know, Any crime? these people, yeah, they cannot commit. So they get a speeding ticket. Well, a speeding ticket is not a crime, it's a civil violation. Civil violation. That's so right. If they, but if they drive drunk, if they commit domestic violence, if of course if they go assault a bank or right. they do manslaughter now, or l- whatever, let me you ask know, you this: or sell drugs. I, I I don't get the sense that people who are here legally without being citizens are sent packing once. Oh they buy yes, really? the thing is that you people have no control, and I use that word. Sorry for say you people. <laughs> that you. I, I was going to say who people. Yeah, that you. you people, have, but people. that's how we get called. You know, you people. Um, that you have no contact with with the people that are here as immigrants. So you really don't know what's going on. Oh, All I, you know I, is what the news or what your no, perception you know is. What? Yeah, how many immigrants are you in contact with? I know personally like seven people that have been deported in the last few years that had their legal permanent residency, their green cards mm-hmm. for uh for drugness and for one for uh, domestic violence, and it doesn't take well, ten cases. Two. One, huh? That's two people. No, like five or six people for that in, in combined. Right. You know, so that it does happen, and there. And if you and have, how many of those people come back here illegally? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't. They, uh, are there stats somewhere that tell us how many legal permanent residents, or how many legal residents, or people here under these circumstances? Uh, have been deported, uh, you know, and, and what quantity over what period of time? I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. And, and the idea the way, is after you become a you, legal permanent resident, I mean, why are we going to be looking to deport right. people? But you, 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 um, you, you aside, I, I do know many people who are here as immigrants or who are here as legal, uh, legal permanent residents. And so, you know, I'm not entirely, um, if I can use the word, I'm not entirely foreign Disconnected. Or, or alien uh, to, to, to the topic or people who are here. You know, I, you know, the group of kids that I grew up with in my neighborhood aren't the only people that I'm in contact with, if you know what I'm saying. I know, but, but the average person here has no clue of who's here, where or how, and they have no connections. Just like with the immigrants, I tell the immigrants, you know, why don't you go talk to the Americans? Well, they're kind of weird. So, so what are you doing in their country? You know, <laughs> and married to one, and, and 
no, it's, it goes both ways, you know, and, and really annoys me when people self-segregate. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is hard, and that's what I've been trying to do, and that's what our conversations right. cafes do, right. you know? Well, that self-segregation, though, is... is <laughs> I think I, I think it's encouraged in the modern political climate where, you know, assimilation into the broader American culture, that uh, that melting pot is discouraged. And, you know, and, and those who expect it are, are accused of being racist or oppressive no, or depriving not, people of their heritage dis- and culture. It's not discouraged. Uh, but, but what we want is people to be able to keep their own identity. Now, I'm not saying you discourage it, but I think the general political tenor that accuses people who expect assimilation and integration of being, I mean, it's like, you know, the teachers union here when they did their, their diversity workshops and they, you know, they told people not to wish people uh, happy Thanksgiving or, or things like that because, well, oh, yeah, it might offend, offend somebody's culture. Remember, we talked about mm-hmm. that. And I was like, are you, are you, are you crazy? Oh, you can't offer them turkey because they, they won't know how. To, what, whatever happened about teaching them about the great American traditions that they should celebrate as new Americans or new entrants yeah, into our country? Yeah, that's right. That and if they don't the like issue. turkey, they cannot. They don't, don't eat it. They, and they don't that's have to it, have you know? turkey. They can that's have right. it. But don't tell me that I'm gonna that I'm being culturally insensitive by offering somebody a happy Thanksgiving. That's right. Um, and then, here in my own damn we country, we have carried that way too far. This political correctness and and you know if everything in good faith should be taken as such right so i don't care if you wish me happy or whatever rosh hasana whatever it is <laughs> it doesn't bother me thank you you know and and there are many things that i would not touch like menudo or any of those things that you know that yeah. are ethnic foods and you know if they give it to me i say no thank you and that's it no big deal so it really doesn't but we need to do something to start connecting with one another. So it's been a pleasure, Senor, and uh, I'll stick around if uh, you know whenever you need to spar with a with an immigrant. <laughs> I'm always ready. Well, maybe if you do blog posts, Ava, we'll 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 add you to our blog as a contributor, and uh, otherwise see how we can work together. But I want to thank you because uh, without you, we wouldn't have raised uh, many of the issues that have been raised over the last. Uh, Two and a half years, almost three now. Yeah, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> that's a lot of time on the air together. But thank you. It's, no, thank it's you. been my honor and my pleasure, and uh, I am deeply grateful. Me too, and I'm happy that you're taking care of yourself. <laughs> and there it is. Deuce is next.